I'm Jonathan Mann. I'm Matt Condon. And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things now and in the future! Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, on the pod today, this week, we have Matt Stevenson, um, who has been around for a while, at least since the Non-Fungible Summit in 2018, working on Plank, and has been uh, working on Plank in the background since then, and has been doing some really awesome stuff recently around uh, funding open research uh, with NFTs. Is Matt, so, Matt, are you our first ever uh, second time guest? Oh, right? uh, oh my gosh. Labs. No, yeah, wait. Yeah, maybe. Ooh. I think you might be Ooh. our first ever two-timer, um, which wow, is wow, super wow. fun. It's an honor. Uh, um, the honor serious. is all is thank all you. ours, sir. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't. Well, thank you. And I can't wait. We're going to get fully into Plank, uh, the, your the crazy science project that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. successfully launched uh, last week. And... First, we need to do a little update, though, because right. yeah. the weekly update. There's been some actual, real life NFT drama, and yeah. and it well, has... it was drama, less so now. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but it was dramatic there for a second. Yeah, and um, and it centers around something that that it was born on this right. podcast. You know, Matt, you you brought it into the world, and yeah. So so give us so if you listened last week, you heard us kind of shitting all over yet uh in a, uh-huh. in a variety of ways right, and we right. on a whim we were like we came up you you essentially came up with this idea mm-hmm. of like oh i could just build this i could build right. that like instantly right. and so Their what happened feature. so what happened so i did um like two one or two days later i had a free afternoon well not a free afternoon but i was like i want to work on something interesting i want to try this new tech that i wanted to use out and i was like look this this core feature of Yat, which is like register a domain name and have it redirect to something else, um, is obviously incredibly trivial to do. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to just do that. And also, uh, I, I think I wrote motivated by spite and delight, um, which, which is true, motivated by the fun of like, you know, hackathoning this project and also the commentary and uh you know we sort of talked about this is like the over financialization of emojis it's like why um yeah and so yeah put it together launched it um registered a yeah with a little uh yeah an accent mark an accent mark yeah a little unicode look-alike domain um surprisingly cheap um obviously uh it was it was it was kind of fun. People could register domains for free. Uh, this was the this was the everyone gets an emoji version. And how of Yat. many people? How many people? Uh, about three hundred. Three hundred people. Yeah. Just like yeah. on a thing. That, yeah. That, yeah. And, and, I was one of them. Yep. Yeah. 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 I got one as yeah, well. I was really proud. I had I had uh, man with beard dot yet. Um, <laughs> I, I got the key dot yet. That was really great because I mean that was worth millions of dollars. I should I oh. should be rich right now. Oh man, you should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rolling. Anyway. They use a firm uh, called Fishfort, which is designed to detect phishing attempts against like brand names. Oh. Um, and that firm got like learned about this somehow, and then immediately issued a cease and desist to me, which we'll get to. Um, and then also sent it to GoDaddy or whatever. And I don't know, they took the domain away from me and refunded me. So um, <laughs> yeah, so the the yat with the accent mark is dead. Um, long, live, long live, I guess, the, yeah. the other one. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, uh, the founder of Yat, who I did not actually know. I didn't know who the founder was. Uh, it turns out it's Fluffy Pony, um, someone who's been around for a, a, quite a while, um, worked in the like Monero space, my Monero, that kind of thing. Uh, someone whose work I like really uh, respected, especially previously. Um, was like hit me up on Twitter. Oh, right. So they sent me the CND automatically. And so I was like, well, that's funny. I'm going to turn this CND into an NFT. Heck yeah. Uh, minted it on Zora. And then uh, was like, okay, cool. If anyone buys this, which I forgot to finish, there's one person, uh, which I, I may or may not know. Um, <laughs> and I will use those proceeds to uh, sponsor an emoji. Uh, I don't really know which one yet, but I have an idea. Um, what does that mean? And yeah. To sponsor an emoji. So you can. So this is what we were talking about this last is time. The, this, this is this is like this part is of the narrative, the, right? The crux of my issue. Yeah. Right. So like, uh. if if emojis could be said to be owned, it would be by the Unicode Consortium, right? If it if it, like yeah. in a narrative sense, the like the the group that has the most like narrative claim to the concept of an emoji, like a scarce emoji domain uh, system, would be the Unicode Consortium. Um, they're and the they, ones that tend it. They care for it. They right. it's their entire purpose for existing is to right. like tend emoji, make sure the new emoji that happen are good. Like like standardize emo like that's their job. Right. That's they curate thing. the stand. Mm. They standardize it. They do the technical stuff as well because there's a lot of technical garbage that goes on behind the scenes to make like all of the skin tones work and all of that. And so it's like a it's a standard, and they're in charge of it. Um, yeah. and obviously they work with a lot of companies. It's a, kind of a big, you know, they're, they're one of those behind the scenes, like they, you know, make sure your iPhone keeps working kind of thing. Um, yeah. and yeah, they already offer this program where you can adopt an emoji and pay them a surprisingly small amount of money per year, um, to like attach your name to an emoji, which is, you know, if you think about it for more than a second with a crypto brain, you're like, Oh, that should be, that should be some sort of crypto yeah. mechanic. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. And so anyway, we were like, okay, cool. The, the yet thing is kind of the narrative is kind of weak because it's this like, Hey, let's just take emojis. Let's create a scarce namespace and then sell access to it. And that bothered me for like on multiple dimensions. One of which is the over financialization and distributing scarce resources by like literally just who has the most money. Um, I think that's yeah. one of the ways wealth inequality compounds. Um, and also this like, you know, this sort of poor link between the concept of having the right, which there is none and there isn't, there isn't a right to like use the emojis, but like in a narrative sense, right. It didn't feel good. Um, anyway, so the, the wrap up to that is that, um, the two founders of Yat are actually members of the Unicode consortium. And I don't actually know how like high, um, how high of a bar that is. I don't know if anyone can be that, or if it's like maybe yeah. they're doing stuff on a day to day. I don't, I don't really know what the scope of that responsibility is um so there is there is now a tenuous at least link between them that gives it some sort of credibility um and mm. also i know fluffy pony is like a, a cool person at least online. a legit person who's yeah right right so yeah. um and of course the cnd was automated and so it's all like you know it was like hey 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 and then like oh okay we just talked it out on twitter which is so rare <laughs> very right? rare oh, and very great. lovely yeah it was very touching to see yeah. it, it all resolve that's cool yeah. still feel a little weird about it still feel right. still have some weird still feelings. not a huge fan um uh, especially yeah. especially the the capitalization in both a literal and financial sense w or metaphorical would you on, say that yeah. you you know would you say that now knowing what you know are you approaching it with a little bit more of an open mind 
or um no i I don't think anything uh (laughs) i I still think my art project uh its commentary is accurate yeah um it it hits slightly less hard um Mm -hmm. but it also does not change how i interact with the app which is to say i don't want one and don't plan on using one and truly just do not care um yeah i think it's an interesting idea um, I don't think it's going to stick around. Yeah, if Unicode Consortium, like, backed it or said, yes, we... Right. Or had and then some there was w- some more egalitarian yeah. way yes. of distributing these things. Right. Maybe. But in the, but Maybe. In the, but, but the way that it works now, yeah, is... Right. Is big so this is, this is, like, the problem. The other problem I had is the capitalization on the NFT craze, yeah. which, again, none of this is on-chain, right. right? It's not on-chain. Yeah. But so they're they're eating, they're, they're walking, they're, like, what's the word? They're, like, eating the cake. They, they don't have to... They're not doing any of the decentralization <laughs> they're thing. They're eating the cake and walking into... Right. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and also virtue signaling about decentralization. And it's like, yeah, I get progressive decentralization, but if you're going to, if you're going to capitalize on this whole, like, you know, aping in yeah. on NFT craze, like you better, it better be an NFT. Yeah. At, at least. least, at the very least. At least. Right. Um, and so that's, but, yeah. that's the other take I have. I don't know. So speaking of, of NFTs. <laughs> um, right. Since anyway, that so that saga's first... closed. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Uh, Matt Stevenson, one of the many Matts, you are here with us today. Yeah. And and tell us, please, if you would, what city are you calling in from at this moment? Uh, I'm uh, I'm calling from Miami. 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 You are in Miami. Yeah. And this is special because, and this is not on purpose, this just sort of happened this way. Miami yeah. is where the CryptoPunk takeover of billboards has happened. And yeah. if I understand correctly, there are uh, um, just under a hundred billboards that have uh, what, or just under. Well, I think it's fifty punks, or I think it's a hundred punks, and I think it's two punks per billboard. So maybe it's fifty billboards, almost a hundred punks. Uh, yes. And you, Matt, you what have seen some of these earth? with your own eyes. I have seen some. That's right. Yeah, um, I think I might be one of the only crypto people going like from New York to Miami. I feel like everybody's going the opposite way. But so yeah. now having ha. arrived in Miami, yeah, I, I spotted some. Uh, in fact, I spotted one of the prize ones Ooh. Um, and tweeted about it. So we'll see if I get any of that 0.5 ETH that they yeah. promised. Nice. But then when you look at the terms and conditions, they're like, I don't know. We sort of randomly choose. <laughs> uh, How long are you in I Miami hope- for? Uh, I'm here for one more day. Okay. Wow. So, so there's not a lot of time the clock to find is my ticking. punk. Yeah, you yeah. gotta get out there. No, but I'm ta- I'm I'm out there. Like I'm taking my calls <laughs> yeah. on the road as much as I can, walking around. They say it's not just billboards though. It's it's like bus. Right. Uh, kind of like bus stops mm-hmm. as well. Little ads there. So right. I've wow. Seen one I there love as this. Well. So wait, so, can we explain what the yes. fuck is happening? Yes. Great. I, this so all this happened all outside of my like radar, and suddenly we have well, billboards in Miami. It was very secretive. I, I don't I don't totally understand the secrecy, but here's what happened. Um, wow. As far as I understand it, Justin, I believe his name is Justin Aversino. I don't know this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, I'm just gonna make sure I get his name right, or at least close mm-hmm. to right. Justin Aver. Justin Aversano mm-hmm. um, ha- has founded a a sort of public art um, like like uh, promoting the idea of public art uh, mm-hmm. uh, nonprofit called Save Art Space. Got it. Um, okay, I've seen that name. Mm. And so um, the way that I heard about this basically is G Money. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with G Money, the ape with the orange hat on Twitter. Yep. 
sent me a message on Discord and said, do you want to donate $1,000 in ETH to save art space in exchange for putting your punk on a billboard? It's like, fuck yeah. Yes. Wow. Cool. I'll, I'll do that instantly. But here's what happened, right? Like, I got a DM on Discord from G-Money or someone mm-hmm. who who said they were G-Money, G-Money right? Because, because this happens. People impersonate, especially with, like, these right, avatars. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so I was like, dude, okay this sounds great just head over to twitter and and i'm gonna dm you on twitter and if you can dm me back on twitter about this then i believe that oh that's really smart yeah that was my that was my my due diligence on uh, right verifying that he was who he said he was um yeah and then so i just sent it the thing and then and then um and then i just waited and it was april 12th they went up and now there's now there's a hundred punks on public art in Miami, which is just like insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. And one of them is Lucky Dan. Yeah. One of them is four four nine five Lucky Dan the man. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's it's pretty Gotta exciting. Find I, uh, yeah, I really want to see him up there. I really yeah. do. And so there's some sort of like prize for finding them. So the bigger ones, there's like several ones that are owned by like the big people like the alien with the hat and g money and a few others and they've put out the call you know Mm -hmm. if you can find ours and take a selfie with Mm -hmm. them we will um there oh look someone found him wait hang on (gasps) a minute did it just happen found him no i'm looking at um save art spaces uh twitter Uh feed uh he's right here he's next to a billboard (laughs) for a miami gun show (laughs) oh my god Amazing. <laughs> that is incredible. I wish I could figure out where this was so you could go take a selfie with it. Yeah. Ready, I go. You got to reverse engineer. We got to like put it on Reddit and have the Reddit. Yeah, like... got to do some internet detective. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. Oh, I wonder if you can find a billboard by the number. You know, there's a number. Oh, right. 007457 Clear Channel Billboard. Okay. All okay. Right. Yeah. After I bet the show, after the show, Matt, you mm-hmm, and I will mm-hmm. connect. I'll send you. Cool. 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 The billboard thing. Awesome. And we'll see if you, oh, I really want to yeah. get like you with the selfie, like yeah. pointing at pointing at at Lucky Day. Like that sounds great. Awesome. I will absolutely do it. I can get whatever whatever shots That's you amazing. want. You know what? This is cool. like I'm at the gun show. Oh. I'm at the CryptoPunks. Right. I'm at the combination gun show CryptoPunks. <laughs> that is a blast from the past. Oh my lord. Oh wow. my lord. The gun uh, is literally pointing at the punks' yeah, head. Yeah, he is. Oh my I found god. It. I found it. Amazing. Oh my okay. lord. That is a commentary is... on our world if if Right. What if oh what a duality. Jesus Goodness. Christ. Anyway. That's pretty thrilling. That's that's super fun. The best thing about Lucky Dan too is that he is like literally the most bland punk. He's like, <laughs> you know, he doesn't he has no distinguishing features. He's got a goatee, his his hair is messy, he's very pale. He's got no <laughs> like you know, I love that about him. He's just he's he's right. a norm he's a normie punk. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. That's what Dan is. So nice. wonderful. I will we'll figure that out after after the show and we'll make that happen. Um Sounds good. Matt Stevenson, you have been working on, there's parallels, I would say, between what I work on, you know, my Song of Day project and your project, these ideas that we've just been like, that we've just had in our heads for so long. And it's like, finally, the tools to sort of make it happen exist. 
Um, yeah. And in both our cases, we're, we're wildly successful. So, t- so bring us back up to speed for those that haven't listened to the last episode mm-hmm. that you were on. All the got, who knows, a yeah, long time ago, early season one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so last br- time, oh, go ahead. Yeah, bring us back up to speed on what Plank is, the idea behind it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, maybe if we get into this, you could tell the story of the of the. Um, Oh right, the, way of the one you told it non fungible. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know what? I've got a new story that's kind <gasps> of uh, a, the the other version that's pretty similar too. So Ooh, I love like that. that. Sweet. Okay. Sweet. I want a story. So I'll yeah, to it. give us give us the yeah. primer and 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 tell us all about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So so plank was this idea. You know, after I learned about NFTs, I was doing for my PhD all this research around like innovation and science, and also some of the ways that science had been funded. Like a lot of people don't know that Galileo funded his weird you know science experiments by naming stars after the medicis who were his patrons and they were the stars that only he could see um they weren't just stars they were celestial objects and so a lot of times when people are working on scientific research that's hard to easily fund like why should i care about a telescope um they've had to be creative and unorthodox and done some things that are at least a little collectible memorabilia ish so connecting those two ideas with with nfts after my mind was kind of blown in early 2018 got me thinking about it and working on well first of all there was just well scientific manuscripts and things attached to the creation of uh, a scientific idea should be non-fungible in case it you know gains in value over time so that was just a sort of basic primitive but then that's just the start and then you go okay well what can you build around that and you know uh I wanted to do two things in the meantime, uh, as we sort of all were looking for NFTs to <laughs> become the thing they've, you know, finally become. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> one was to sort of figure out what would be the interesting incentive system to to embed these NFTs in, uh, specific to science, and the other would be I wanted to drop the coolest first science NFT I could, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's in fact what I what I wound up doing, and that did sell for uh, for twenty four thousand um, last week, and that money is going to fund a replication of the study I did. Um, so should I tell you about what that study was of? Yes, please. Okay, cool. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe I'll maybe I'll do my my cool historical story. Is that's not a bad prelude, tweet, tweet, tweet. and then I can tell yeah. you what the study was of. Perfect. Okay. So so there were two there were two real ideas that that felt important around. Uh, around like incentives around ideas and how science and uh can can kind of solve them and so the one i talked about last time in the podcast was about encouraging the sharing of ideas and i talked about a family that was sort of obsessed with keeping this innovation secret and they were able Mm -hmm. to do so for generations and it, it sort of shakes us out of this comfort that innovations are always simultaneous or that if one person doesn't share them, somebody else will find it. But there's a second thing that happens with with scientific ideas and innovation, which is sometimes there's just no money in them, even if they're shared. Um, mm. Or there, or, or what, for whatever reason, the world can't work with them. And right. uh, when you when you look at the history of um, modern like st- statistics, the first ever randomized control trial is in 1747. And it's this guy, James Lind, who is on a like British Royal Navy ship trying to solve scurvy. And huh. I didn't know much about scurvy. Scurvy, you know, sounds terrible. It messes with your gums. We all know it's like a vitamin C deficiency. It's cured with limes. Right. Um, at the time, obviously, they had no idea. And scurvy is devastating 
uh, sailors. It's killing millions of sailors, which, you know, there weren't that, that many people in the world back then. So that's, that's really a lot. And it was causing the British Navy to literally lose wars. People think it lost in the Revolutionary wow. War. Um, and it, so, so curing scurvy was a military tech. And you might think, well, gosh, here is a humanitarian solve. Uh, here is a military tech. If somebody could just cure this thing, the mm -hmm. first ever randomized control trial <laughs> finds the cure. Huh. It proves that if you just <laughs> drink lime juice, your scurvy you is will, gone. Your scurvy is gone. You're immediately, yeah. Yeah. you're immediately healthy. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, as soon as they find that, they immediately lose the cure. The world just basically can't handle that idea because they're too wrapped up in the idea of, I don't know, like, first, there's what I think it is, and I mean, there's a lot of historical scholarship on this, is that the science of the day couldn't make sense of the mechanism. They figured it was, mm. uh, it was acid, like, because they believed that all illnesses were caused by some weird thing in your stomach or something. The acid mm -hmm. had to dissolve it. So what they did is they were like, okay, this works by the acid in the lime juice. So let's boil the lime juice to make it even more acidic. And then when you do that, boiling it kills the vitamin C. So mm. they go around for the next 150 years with a thing that doesn't work uh, <laughs> because that's what could be understood in terms of like the basic science. So they just couldn't, but, they just couldn't accept the right. result of yes. the study is what you're saying. Like they just couldn't. Yeah. Well, and that's fine, by the way. I mean, basic science is going to do what it does, right? right. And by the time mm -hmm. it figures it out, it understands what vitamins are. And we get this <laughs> tremendous breakthrough, which is great. So there's no problem with, oh, they should have changed the science in 1747. The problem right. is, no, well, they should have just gone back to limes. And then eventually <laughs> we'd figure out where they worked. Right. Right. It's right. almost like they tried yeah. too hard to understand it. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. And so yeah, they, you want to figure out the they used this non-effective method for the next 150 years yes they wow. used the non-effective method I, there was a little bit of progress 50 years later right. but for the most part they used the non-effective for about 100 and then they, was vitamin c like rediscovered yeah the, the theory of vitamins uh what i think it was 1907 when that that breakthrough comes and it comes actually around scurvy i think they found an animal model to to test sort of like huh. cures on and they figured out what vitamins are and then you know there's plenty of, of of sort of modern examples, aren't there, of of drugs that have a mechanism that mm. that solves some kind of thing that we don't totally understand. Right. Yes. There? Right. Yeah. yeah, I think so. so uh, right. So uh, it can happen, especially today. But one yeah. of the things that can really help is if you could patent those things. So yeah. that brings me to specifically mm. what I worked on, which is right. an idea that both does not mesh well with the mechanistic science of the day, the, the mechanical like underlying basic science of the day, which again, mm -hmm. totally fine. Uh, and second is completely unpatentable. So there's really not a lot of money in it, even though right. the, the health impacts could be enormous. Um, mm -hmm. So, so it's specifically like the situation what that is, where the system that we live in doesn't value this, like this theory or this, this research. Yeah. Right. There's, yeah, there's no way to sort of build, the uh, existing incentives around it to produce it. And, and I mean, mm. obviously, that's just the case. Like it was something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's an idea that this Berkeley professor had, maybe, I think, I guess, coming up on 20 years ago now. Um, and it was that flavorless calories reduce your appetite. He found it when he'd travel, he loved to eat different food, but wh wherever he'd go, he would just find himself less hungry, even though he loved the food. And his theory was, okay, well, maybe it has to do with unfamiliar and or 
flavorless foods to pressure appetite. But he was a very serious statistician uh, at the same time. And so he did like relentless self-experimentation to sort of prove this out. <laughs> and, uh, and he kept really good records. And some of the more credible names in the field took him very seriously. So he got a nice write-up in the New York Times, like the people in Freakonomics, uh, Andrew Gelman, who's like, he's this master statistician. Nassim Taleb calls mm -hmm. him the number one BS buster in social science. Like he is huh. one of the sort of like fonts of creativity in, or uh, of credibility in my field was like, yeah, he's onto something. Like he's, his methods are not bad at all. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so everybody expects clinical trials are going to be run on this eventually, right? Because it's such mm -hmm. a weirdly world changing thing. I mean, uh, obviously obesity is a thing that kills 2 million a year, but also just personally, I mean, I definitely wish I could be eating differently. And I'm pretty much everybody I know mm -hmm. right. does, you the know, like they wind up being a little bit lighter on their nose by their appetite. So mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. uh, a mechanism to control that, that's pretty simple via flavorless calories would be a big win. Um, yeah. So you can read, if you go back, like Aaron Swartz, the Reddit co-founder writes about this and he's like, this is going to change the world as soon as the clinical trials and the clinical trials just never happen. And so uh, I, I went back in, um, in 2017, I had read this AMA with um, with a neurobiologist named Stephen Guyanet, who's actually going to be a judge on the study design for the replication, oh, awesome. by the way. Yeah, uh, I just got an email from him. But he was doing a Reddit AMA, and somebody's like, hey, whatever happened to that old Seth's theory thing? I know you knew Seth. And he's like, yeah, I knew him. It's a puzzling thing. Nobody's ever going to research this thing, so I guess I'll just stay being puzzled by it forever. Huh. Wow. <laughs> right. And that just, yeah. And so when I was thinking about what would be a cool first science NFT to to start with? I was like, this this is the one. This captures it, right? Like, yeah. this is about mm -hmm. one of the ideas that the world couldn't make good on in right. terms of testing it, right? Um, and personally, I mean, I hope it's true because it could be a great thing. But the real important thing here is to just test it well. Right? Yeah, just that's right. actually the story. Right to make sure that it's real. Yeah, yeah. And if it right. isn't real, I mean, that's progress, right? You falsify right. things. Right. That's, that are pseudoscience. And so I, you know, I have really no horse in the race other than, you know, of course, when you have something that's promising that could help the world, you're like, well, I hope this is the thing that helps the world, but it's right. really important to make sure that this is just, we're validating this. Right. So the, hence the, uh, hence the design judged by credible figures and the, uh, the replication we'll be doing with our, with our newfound NFT funding. That's amazing. That's so amazing. The, yeah. Yeah. It's like the problem is that the the world, whether that's capitalism or what we value or the science of the day, just didn't support the research. Uh, like it, the research couldn't exist for this for this theory. And then yeah. when you change the incentives or find something new or like whatever, yeah, whatever you're doing with Plank, like that changes the incentives such that this research can exist. Yeah, so I've got a way I think about it. I, I'm stealing this model from a, a book called Inadequate Equilibria, but he says. Science tends to be funded because there's either some dollar amount in the research that maps onto patentability, or there's some prestige amount, which mm. I think the book jokingly calls a micro hawking, like a micro Stephen Hawking, which is, you know, mm. you get some prestige by asso being associated with some like groundbreaking science that's going to get profiled. And totally. so those are the existing mechanisms. And, yeah, and without Seth's one theory, of those, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Seth's theory just failed on both, right? It's the diet, it, like it's close enough to the diet industry that everybody just right. feels gross about it, including yeah. me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, you can't patent it, so there's no money. And a flavorless calorie is such a generic concept. And um, so it failed on that. And so what do, what do NFTs give you? To me, 
they give you this claim on the future, right? I mean, you guys know this well, but the idea that if and when these results are released, and let's say it does change things, mm -hmm. and this becomes this enormous step forward, well, the mm -hmm. first emergence of this step forward into the world should have or could have value for various reasons as a sort of like mm -hmm. collectible of a memento or whatever, right? And so mm -hmm. using an NFT as scarcity to make this sort of claim on the future for something that could change the world is a new possible avenue uh, to fund things that, that aren't necessarily exploitable in terms of micro hawkings or, you know, patentable applicational dollars or application mm -hmm. dollars. It's a, it is a, it is a real, I mean, and Matt, you, Matt, <laughs> co-host Matt, you, you tweeted this, um, but it is like one of the, one, this is sort of the most interesting application mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. we've seen because it's, it is such a leap mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, as, you, you know, almost everything else that we see um, falls into these other buckets. But this is like, here is a an idea. It is literally an idea that and and you're testing it. And it's like what you're basically saying, and we could totally see this happening is if the is if your study bears it out and it ha and mm -hmm. it turns out to be to be useful to the world mm -hmm. owning that nft could be valuable yeah yep it, yep I, I see it a lot as like the social signaling the clout associated with like yeah i sponsored that like i did right. it you know right. yeah it's right. like it wasn't going to happen until i showed up kind of thing yeah yeah and i think that's really yeah. that's incredible that's an incredibly powerful motivated motivating factor yeah um, yeah. Can can you take us through? Would it be interesting to tell us about the study? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So, because you ran, because sure. you ran a version of it um, before yeah. even doing the NFT, which I think is is really important for the narrative. It's like, hey, we mm. tested this, showed mm. promise, and yeah. now we're going to do an actual official thing. Mm. That's right. And the NFT is of the results of that cool kind of preliminary mm -hmm. Web three study. So, mm -hmm. what I did is I built a website with my sort of, you know, mediocre coding skills um, that wrote up Seth's theory and explained explained it. And my pitch was basically this. If it, it's a cheap thing to get to try it, you basically have to buy extra light olive oil. Um, and it's if you try it for yourself, you will learn maybe whether it works for you. And if you try it for yourself on this particular date and a couple of other hundred people try it for themselves on this particular date and you work with me a little bit on how you do it, I can take all that personalized data and I can aggregate it into what's basically a kind of like randomized control trial sort of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so I built a website, people showed up, they click a button to be randomized into either treatment or control. And the theory is that flavorless calories reduce appetite, right? So a flavorless calorie is extra light olive oil. It tastes like nothing, but it has like 200 calories in a tablespoon or two tablespoons or something, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so if you're randomized into the treatment, then what you do is you have to spend one hour after any meal, any flavor, gum, coffee, toothpaste, anything. Mm -hmm. That one hour flavorless window, then you take two tablespoons of this extra light olive oil, which by the way is kind of gross. Uh, but, but, I've, but I've been doing is, this, you know? by the way. I've been, I've been <laughs> test doing it myself. Yeah, I've been trying it out. I'll get to my results later. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. Uh, then you have to go another full hour flavorless. Um, 
and then you can eat whatever you want, right? Um, so, it's, so in that sense, it's not a diet because he doesn't actually tell you what to eat or what not to eat. You could easily gain weight on this if you felt like it. You would just be mm -hmm. less hungry. So anyway, then in the control period, you click the button, you, you know, get a different random number. I send you into control and you take the uh, olive oil with a meal. So you're taking it explicitly with flavor, right? Mm -hmm. The reason that's a useful study design in terms of randomization is it ensures that I'm not artificially, um, that I'm not like artificially building in this, this like uh, lower calories in the control group, right? Mm -hmm. If I just say, oh, you can eat whatever you want. Well, okay, well maybe right, they just right. had 200 fewer calories because they didn't have the olive oil. At the same time, it's a really strong test of Seth's theory because if you think about it this way, the people in the treatment group, they have to basically fast for an hour, take the, take the tablespoons, then fast again. Mm -hmm. And so in expectation, you would assume they should be hungrier than the control group. Mm -hmm. Thus, mm -hmm. if we find that they are less hungry, that is extra surprising, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does, yeah. Yeah, so it makes it a strong test. And of course, you know, I, even though I haven't released the like write-up of the study results, I've released the results in the form of the NFT. And what you find is that the, uh, the treatment group is less hungry by, um, I think it's something like seven or 10% or something, which actually winds up being quite a strong result in the context mm -hmm. of what mm -hmm. you normally see in these findings. But we, it's an underpowered study. Uh, so it's not going to meet the threshold of uh, like you know, scientific this rigor. is the finding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for what it is, I think it's But that's it's still really cool. Yeah. And I also really love the Web3 like distributed mm -hmm. aspect. It's like mm -hmm. self-select into this thing, do this thing, contribute results. Yeah. I like that. And I mean, when I first thought about doing it, and I talked to people, you know, it's crypto adjacent at this point already. So, um, you know, it was like, well, could you pay people in crypto? And it's like, first, I don't know why that's interesting, especially. I mean, we already pay, <laughs> pay people anyway. Like, who cares if it's crypto? Uh, and paying people gets you into these weird, uh, you know, it, you just get into some weird tricky things. So recruiting volunteers wound up being the smartest way, but we had some help mm -hmm. from like Zuko. He helped recruit volunteers and, nice. um, a few other, a few other crypto folks. So, yeah, I mean, money crowds out a lot of other non-monetary incentives. And so, yeah, you probably <laughs> got better volunteers by not paying them. Yeah. Agreed. It's a, <laughs> it's a tricky thing. So <laughs> and is obviously like, yeah, go ahead. So is the study that you're funding with the money that you got, is it, is it, is it built similarly to this one? No. So what I, so the way I want to do it with, with Plank is I want this to be an on-road onto sort of traditional scientific credibility, which, mm -hmm. I mean, I have respect for what these scientists do. This isn't just about saying like, oh, they really dropped the ball. Like they're working with the incentives they have. So, um, you know, it's my feeling that the results I produced are pretty suggestive. I mean, I think most anybody who looked at them would say they're more inclined to believe Seth's theory than they would be before. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think anybody would say like, okay, well, we just found this, now mm -hmm. it's over. And so mm -hmm. I wanna make the best, I mean, the world hasn't been able to do this for, you know, 20 years. And so could this be the one shot at doing it? Maybe, so I wanna make sure it's the best possible, yeah. most credible shot. So. Yeah. I alluded to this earlier, we're doing a design competition. I'm getting experts, in, uh, including, um, I hope Andrew Gelman, he said he would, but I'm waiting on final confirmation from him, Stephen Guyanet, he said he would. And then I'm trying to get an epidemiologist as well, just because they're really sick of economists trying to pretend that they're <laughs> epidemiologists <laughs> uh, because of the whole COVID thing. Also, mm -hmm. I mean, they have great expertise here that I, I don't have, and I want to make sure we get brought in. So 
they'll judge a design competition to make sure we do this the best possible way in a lab. Um, it'll probably use a little bit of that design stuff. I, I mean, for my own reasons, I guess I'm kind of proud of it. So I hope a little bit of it gets used, but hey, if we get a better test that throws out this design, great. You know, I'll run but it'll be it'll be like much more controlled environment, like much more. Yeah. yeah. I, in particular, I think the thing that would be useful would be to blind people. So uh, yeah. I, to put the oil in capsules and have some sort of like um, saccharin solution in the other. So you can't mm -hmm. actually tell whether you're taking the oil or not. Mm -hmm. um, feels yes. like a big step forward. Right. And then you know, there's just a few other things you probably want to do um, in terms of can you get it mechanism? So like. Do ghrelin hormones do hormones change? That stuff winds up getting expensive, so I don't know if we'll wind up doing it. But those mm -hmm. those would be nice to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, damn, that's cool. Who ended up um, like sponsoring this via the NFP purchase? So it was a guy named Paul Kolhas who he's mm -hmm. doing something in like I, I think he's kind of doing like a DAO for um, for patents. Mm. Oh, cool. Um, I had never oh. met him. I. Yeah, and we had never we'd never spoken. We spoke, I think, the morning or two days after he bought it, and um, and it was cool. I mean, I was I was really grateful. I sort of asked him like what he was valuing about it, which was cool. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to find that out. Like, what it, what were you thinking when you bought it? You know, and he was like, I think it's like a collectible. I think it's kind of a cool thing to show. I was a part of. I mm -hmm. liked that it went. Some of the proceeds went to open science. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. um, but this is the this, yeah, we this had, is yeah this is the funnest part of the space is 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 the connection to between the connections that you make via these items that you're selling uh yeah you don't see that anywhere else it's 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 an interaction unlike any other interaction i feel like in my life uh yeah it's very it's really interesting cool. and very special yeah it was a it was a total thrill. I had a few friends bid on the NFT, and they all got texts from me going basically like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Uh, but it was awesome <laughs> to have the winner be somebody I'd never met, and was yeah. working on something is working on something really cool. So, damn. Okay, well, what's next? So, running this uh, study for sure. I don't I have no concept of like how long that takes and what <laughs> what's involved in that. You know, I don't think it's going to take that long. Um, the the design competition. That's, I've got to work on judges' schedules on that. But once mm -hmm. we have that in hand, mm -hmm. I've already made, uh, s s well, I shouldn't say I, uh, me and somebody I've, I've hired to work on this who <laughs> knows the space of like professional independent research labs way better than I do. We've mm -hmm. made contacts and we've started to get estimates of how much these things would take to run. And that, that process can be pretty quick. So mm. wow. um, I feel confident that that stuff will, I mean, early summer, I would say easily in terms of having the data in hand. And then I think I can run something really basic as the analysis and get that get that sort of announced and released quick. But then in terms of like what it actually says and how that gets published and who, whether I have people blind analyze those results, like I did for this last one, I had a couple of statisticians double check my results to make sure I wasn't doing anything mm -hmm. wrong. Um, that stuff could take a little more time, but yeah, I think it'll mm -hmm. move quick. And do you have ideas for sort of like next steps like 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 yeah. let's say this goes swimmingly right and yeah. what's what is because because plank as an idea if i remember from your talk in 2018 the 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 broader vision has always been something more akin to like a platform correct yes exactly exactly yeah. and in particular what you want is 
it, uh, an incentive system, right? Because right. what's the what's the Charlie Munger quote about? Show you the incentive, and I'll show you the outcome, right? I, right. I want to be working at the level of micro hawkings or <laughs> and, and using NFTs for that. And um, in particular, the next step for Plank is to embed these NFT proceeds into something like uh, an attribution system. So mm-hmm. when you think about citations that's a sort of like natural attribution and crediting that is value, right? Like when you cite something in science, you are giving that person attention, which is a scarce resource. And you're giving that person credit for what you did, right? So you're acknowledging your result, what you did is derivative in some sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a powerful thing. And now it's also a fragile thing. And Mm. I think as we all know, and have been talking about, (laughs) like just throwing money on top of that does not, is not something you can easily do and just pretend it's going to be fine. At the same time, I think it will be very useful to use some of the some of the aspects of the citation system to channel funding to things that have already been kind of ventured, as it will, right, or as it were, like um, existing studies. So, so the way I'm doing it is when I sell, and again, I got to you actually have to be turns out you have to be careful legally on this stuff. You can't mm-hmm. be promising people they're going to get revenues from mm-hmm. NFTs. You kind of have to say hey, here is a gift system that would be cool. <laughs> and here's, you know, like here's Santa is looking at some of these chimneys and Christmas right. time is coming rather than like you have a claim on the presents in Santa's bag is the way you have to do it. That is a, um, re- it's a really tricky legal thing. And, and I see people, <laughs> I see people every day that I'm like, ooh, based on the conversations I've had with lawyers, that looks yep. like you're, you're, you're looking for trouble. Yep, exactly, exactly. And so, and, and I think that actually works pretty well with science anyway, to really do this right, if you start mm-hmm. thinking about it, as you guys certainly have in terms of what it means to credit ideas and actually attribute, it's always got to be reciprocity on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's trivial to be dishonest about who your influences were, right? Um, mm-hmm. Nobody can peek inside your brain and know. And so you shouldn't try to like overpower these things and imagine that you can force people to confess what they're true sources of information where it's it is a it is going to have to be a gift economy on some level right mm-hmm. um so when i fund this study you know the sort the proceeds from that or when i uh sorry when i sell the nft for the final study which mm-hmm. again could be a world-changing thing that would be really amazing if not i think it will still be a pretty cool demo of good science because it will yeah. be mm-hmm. falsifying an old thing that people have wondered about um so whatever that sells for you know the person who <laughs> Santa, shall we say, would be very interested in sending the um, the proceeds from that partially upstream to the people who made it happen, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the person who's hold so Paul, who's holding my NFT now, right, the one from the results, would get some of it because that's the pilot study that gets cited, right? And so mm-hmm. the idea here is that revenue would tend to flow toward the things that get cited. Um, and with that in mind, you know, Paul doesn't have any guarantee that that's going to happen. But if people think it will, they might try to buy mm-hmm. Paul's NFT mm-hmm. as a sort of idea that like, well, hey, that might be that might be a source of, well, who knows what they would be thinking. But mm-hmm. <laughs> got to be careful here. Right. 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 Uh, but yeah. Yeah. But, but that's sort of what you build in and you demo. And then that is a natural sort of gift economy that flows around. Well, look, this final study wouldn't have happened if we hadn't run the preliminary study, right? Thus, citing and rewarding the pre- preliminary study, which had no proceeds, 
or like right which was done for free is a nice thing yeah um it's super yeah exciting, you can man. see how you can see how like the graph of citations creates a very natural flow of value perhaps um yes. sort of like backwards in time and uh, to the shoulders of the giants you're standing on yes yes to the exactly giants, that's how I, shoulders that's <laughs> right yeah. yeah that's how i try to visually represent it right you uh, it's just giants standing on giants standing on giants, and um, if it if it works well, then the funding that you get, some of it gets dropped down onto the giants' shoulders you're standing on, mm -hmm. and knowing that you, know, when you, you, when you too, in the future can be exactly uh, stood upon. Yes, and and you know, maybe to to go back to this, let's talking about the yat thing. It reminded me a little bit because there's a way in which you could have done that well if they would have credibly signaled some of the resource was going to go toward sponsoring this kind of like open source public good project that was that they were in fact building on right yeah like if that had been a commitment that was built in from the beginning yes that's a much different thing w would you agree i would totally yeah i mean it that yeah. that's that would have been a huge thing if they had said that um yeah we're, we're we're committed to like even if it didn't necessarily have to do with emoji but just like this kind of open source thing that 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 it comes out of that would have been super mm -hmm. helpful what about you matt what do you think yeah i mean the ideal version of yad is, is like a co-brand or a you know a collab with the unicode consortium right like that's just yeah. that's just what would is what would feel the best to me from, um from an yeah but i mean if the unicode consortium was just like we don't have the skills for this we'd love to mm -hmm. have a world in which there was a sort of open division of labor where look like, let's say it was uh, something that you couldn't do in six hours and uh, thus would, <laughs> would be like more beneficial for, you know, like you needed a team to work on it for months, then this structure might, might be more appropriate in that mm -hmm. case. But yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so I, I, I think it'll be cool. And I, I'm really hopeful for what it, what it could portend. And one of the things I'm sort of excited about doing is um, I, there's some software I might be able to run it on or, or sort of protocol I might be able to run it on. And it's like, well, look, mm -hmm. if I, if I find some of that protocol useful, they're cited. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes this weird kind of backwards upstream division of labor thing, which I really like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I like the the gift economy vibes. Like you want to incentivize this contribution um, through, you know, not enforcement, but volun yeah. volunteering. And volunteering through incentives, it's just <clears throat> like non uh not resorting to like slashing or protocol or violence or whatever. It's like, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. I want to cite my, my peers. Right. And I mean, I, as we know, right, most of that stuff, like the droid to suite model of like sharing proceeds with the artist, none of that stuff is actually enforceable as tech, right? right. It's, it's made right. convenient through tech, but it's enforced through social consensus. Right. And so, right. Um, yeah, no, these, absolutely. These things are, yeah. It's like if you're in a group of people who care that you're supporting artists and then you get around that by selling this piece uh, through a wrapper contract that, such that it doesn't trigger the resale royalties, it's like, cool, like now, you're, now your friends shouldn't like you. Um, yeah. And that's like, that's exactly. the true test. Yeah. Yeah. And I do assume, though, that like that, that's a mechanism that breaks at a certain I sorry, I do I do enough work where I'm like I want to say it breaks in a certain parameter space. <laughs> uh, no, but, it can right, fall like, apart, right? Yeah, like the, the if I'm selling the Beeple NFT for seventy million dollars or whatever, 
the droid to sweet thing becomes a little less interesting. I mean, you, people probably feel it's less interesting from a moral perspective anyway, given that he sold out of ETH, but also, or from mm -hmm. a, you know, whatever social consensus perspective. But also that, you know, whatever cred I lose with my friends, maybe the $7 million or, or whatever the droid to sweet equivalent <laughs> is worth it to me. So, mm -hmm. so these things are always fragile. And I think you always, when you're designing them, you have to be mindful of when and where they break, right? This is the nature right, of right. how, when are, when do monetary incentives backfire? When are they, when do they go wrong? When do they, uh, yeah, when do they cause unintended consequences, et cetera? Which is something that you sort of have to, that we all struggle with in this space, like. Yeah, the duality yeah. of the money stuff with the not money stuff is mm -hmm. tough for me. Yeah, Especially and, when you're designing incentives. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, 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 in an ideal world for me, like, um, the only people, the only reason people would be collecting song a day songs would be because they like the song and they will, and or they just like want to support my song mm -hmm. a day project. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yep. But that's not that's not the NFT world we live in by a long shot. Right, right. right? It's like it's like it, the it's I, I don't know what the numbers would be, but if I had to guess, I'd say like eighty percent of it is speculative. Right. Um, and that's hard. Yeah. That's that's right. that. It definitely does not make me feel good. Right. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it feels like an, yeah. uh, I hate to use authenticity again, but it does feel like an inauthentic, <laughs> or at least like not the incentive you want people to be having. And it's yeah. annoying, to me at least, that it's, that that's what happens in our world because mm -hmm. of like, one, our brains, and two, how we've trained them over the years to like, think in, in these terms and live in this capitalist society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you. And I think, uh, to me, it's like the frustration comes when the speculation isn't built on anything at all i mean in theory mm, right if right. you if you're if you're creating something that let's say like stands mm, the test of time mm. or genuinely will be valued in the future certain speculators can just kind of connect the present with the future by right. understanding and taking a risk on this gaining in value right so that's mm. that type of speculation mm -hmm. can be useful right that's mm -hmm. just that's like mm -hmm. liquidity or whatever right but yeah if it's just built on this empty sack of cards like i mean i'm sure we're mm -hmm. subtweeting a bunch of crypto projects right now <laughs> right, right, talk. Right, right. but <laughs> like that stuff is is not interesting at best and oftentimes pretty harmful to the space right you just get a big mm -hmm. bubble you get a bunch of articles around look at this stupid thing and then yeah. uh you know and then it collapses and it's like okay well this is stupid to begin with it's like no no yeah. the, i swear there's something here there's something here yeah family. I, I, I'm, I'm so ready for, for that moment. Cause it feels like it's, it's going to happen at any moment and everyone's, and then the whole apparatus, you know, is going to be like, it's, they're going to take such yeah. delight. They're gonna be like, I knew that NFT thing was <laughs> stupid. Look, and we're gonna be like, yep. no, but you're missing the thing. Yeah. That's gonna... Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the backlash will be fun. Yeah. I don't know. I, I both love and hate that narrative is, is everything. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's this like. It's one of the most powerful, uh, you know, powerful uh, forces, I guess, in the modern world is like, yeah, we've divorced ourselves from the reality of utility and you can just like, an NFT is this pure mimetic thing. It's like, mm -hmm. it's value, especially in art is like pure mimetics. There's no physicality. There's no um, mirage of true value. There's no mirage of proof of work besides the artistic um, work mm. that like went into this thing. And so you've got this like purely, uh, 
consensus driven sense of value. And I think that's amazing, but it's mm -hmm. also like, you know, you get this other aspect of it that I, I really don't like. <laughs> yeah, I get that. No, that's something, I mean, I've, I've wrestled with on this and I try to, I, the, the example I think maybe I've talked about with you, Matt, is this uh, mm. World of Warcraft, um, this this woman who plays World of Warcraft and had a shield that was right. gifted from her like clan person, right? And you could easily drop that shield and nobody would ever know but her, right? She could just recover mm -hmm. a new mm -hmm. shield, it would look the same to everybody, but she wouldn't do it because to her, this shield was the gifted shield. Mm -hmm. right. And she templated that on, and to me, that is a psychological phenomenon that is a little bit that is something to hold on to beyond just the social, right? She could have mm -hmm. lied to everybody and who knows, maybe she did lie to everybody. So there's, yeah, maybe from the consensus perspective of her clan, she right. could have pretended that the shield she dropped out of whatever convenience, I don't know enough about World of Warcraft to make the story make sense, but uh, <laughs> but to her, it would have been different. And, and I, you know, when NFTs at their best to me do capture a tiny bit of that and mm -hmm. expand that this is the gifted shield concept into mm -hmm. the into this digital space in a way that yeah. I, to me it doesn't feel entirely like con con or uh, consensus but maybe i'm just deluding myself like when i find a really cool amulet or whatever i know that's something right. we, we've all kind of liked there's something about it that does feel deeply magic and doesn't just mm -hmm. feel like mm -hmm. oh well if everybody else doesn't think this is cool this isn't cool and similarly yeah like when i bought uh, jonathan i bought your i bought the nft of your song mm -hmm. uh copying isn't theft Mm -hmm. and there's a magic to owning that. Wait, to that's me. Like, super yeah, good. Damn, I want exactly, that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, All right, we'll talk about a trade after the, the show. Silver coin now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I, that was the one I wanted. Oh, wow. And it's like, there was something about that that was so cool. When I yeah. heard the song, I was like, I, I kind of want that. And yeah. having that be the connection to the song, it did feel like a psychological thing to me. Like a, yeah. like a real, I don't know, what do we call it? Hedonic, hedonic value. Mm -hmm. I'm on mm -hmm. team hedonic mm -hmm. here. So... Mm -hmm. um so yeah i don't know but i but i mean no question narrative social consensus all this stuff is 99.9 percent .9 of what's going on in space totally it's but, just but, a glimpse know, for, of the something else but for us you know and and i and i do think that i do think that there are plenty of people who who fall into our camp the hedonic camp you know it's like right and, yeah um and i guess i should clarify in our like trinary of utility personal and external value i feel like mm -hmm. when we say hedonic or narrative it mm -hmm. means personal, personal and external mm -hmm. it's like this narrative it's like divorced from utility but yeah absolutely like what matters to me is the story and what matters to else is other people is like what i what you know the story and also what i think um they care about the story right there's, there's that mutual interactivity of like um consensus and like the shelling point of like does this thing have value yeah yeah, yeah. but and for me it's like the story has to be the truth like if yeah, every, even if everybody be believes right. this shield yeah. is the same shield, like yeah. to me, I want it to be the shield. Right. Um, so that does I, feel I like see that. a division to me. I see yeah. that. Yeah. I also yeah. feel like there's a, there's a point to be made about consensus being the truth, both from a mathematical perspective of like <laughs> the, the blockchain, you know, the truth is decided by consensus. Like literally there is no true order of events. It's just that we've all agreed that this is the one we'll care about. Mm -hmm. um, we are right, we're treading on some uh, yeah some deep cycle or uh, philosophical <laughs> right. waters here I believe right where solipsism yeah. versus uh, yeah like right right is... right <laughs> okay. but it works for uh, objects but... too yeah it's like the story yeah. it's like well what's the true story well it's the one that everyone believes there yeah you know uh, boy I cannot believe I'm about to say this but you yeah. know if you, in my like intro to philosophy air, class baby. there's Bishop Berkeley who's like 
he's like this early empiricist and he had the idea that like well gosh the, the table has to be here and if nobody's looking at the table we don't have any like let's say social consensus around the continuity mm -hmm. of the table mm -hmm. God mm. has to be the one looking at it at all times to enforce it. And that was like literally his, uh, his empirical empiricist philosophy. So, right. uh, yeah, anyway, that's quite good. That's just yeah. to signal the, uh, the deep waters we're, uh, right. we're kind of hanging out next to. So I guess yeah. in that metaphor, oh, then you... the blockchain is God and we, the NFT holders are the people yeah. looking yeah. at the tables, Sorry. looking at <laughs> Something it or not like that. looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Hey, I appreciate you. Yes. Ending that. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> that crazy I mean, that's, that's how I there. live. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go on. What was your what was your trinary that you mentioned? Oh, uh we on the pod and and on Twitter, we kind of break like the perspective of value, like the the meaningfulness of an object into three sort of large Venn diagrams, which is like the utility, the innate utilitarian aspect of an object. So clothing you wear to keep yeah. you warm kind of thing. Um the personal value, so something divorced from uh, specifically financials, but also divis divorced from like what other people think about it. It's like, oh, this art speaks to me kind of vibe, or this is a piece of memorabilia cool. from, you know, it's merch from a, an event, like whatever. Um, and then there's this external sort of um, market, market specifically, but also external in a social signaling way, in a social dynamic way. Um, sure. This like external cool. sense of value. And so within those three categories, you can kind of like, um, you know, it's just, it's kind of like a, you know, a two by two. It's just a nice categorization framework. Cool. Cool. I like that. I like that and I think what we found surprisingly to, to our, to, to, you know, it's like, um, I think what it is, I was thinking about this the other day is that I think it's that the, the largest voices in the space on Twitter specifically are fall so heavily in the market side on the mark on the yeah. sort of like extrinsic right market and we live value in a world that worships that these. values that yeah. right yeah so people like pranksy and g money like these are people who have the largest audiences have a lot of sway and they approach nfts specifically as an investment strategy like that's mm -hmm. it is from what i can tell especially i listened to this entire interview with pranksy on a different podcast and he um, from what I can tell, it's like they, there's no personal, there's nothing personal mm. about it. It's it's oh, wow. it's all um, specifically about turning a profit and maximizing. Like that's what gets that's what gets him off. Like that's like what right. he, yeah, you know, for the people who yeah. love money or whatever, who love chasing right. that, like figuring out how to flip things. Right. That's to him yeah. what the whole shebang is all about. Right. And I feel like Which I'm like, on the complete opposite. Like I've never right. once bought, I've never once sold an NFT because I'm like, why am I going to sell this thing? I want it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I right. bought it. That's why I, I bought it in the cool. first place. Like I want it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like simultaneously no value judgment, but also, yeah, yeah I kind of wish we didn't live in a, I, I kind of wish the world we lived in uh, de-emphasized that aspect. You know, I wish we or at least you know, valued yeah. both equally. You know what I mean? Like right. uh, something, you know, like we just we just we keep score with money in such a way. And we, right. we yeah, anyway, that's keeping it gets down really to that. like the world we live in. What's mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep Agreed. score. Yeah. I mean, they can be powerful allies to have under the existing incentive structure. I do yeah. think. And, and yeah. one of the things I'll be talking about, I don't know what this will probably release after the OG NFT uh, mm -hmm. yeah. conference talk. But, I, you know, I think one of the things that, that is really interesting to consider along these lines is just how much 
incentives shape the world around you in terms of like mm -hmm. culture, in terms of what actually gets produced and so on. And so, you know, insofar as we think that NFTs or crypto or whatever it is will change certain incentives around creative work. I mean, the idea that, that you know, like this is how we get there, right? This is the bridge and part of this bridge is attracting, um, you know, speculators and, and people like that, right? Because they're the people who can, can shape this stuff, right? If you start to build in incentives more natively, that may become less important. Not like those mm -hmm. people, whatever. I mean, you know, they're going to commanding resources via money is always going to be an important thing. But insofar as this stuff gets built in and sort of like channeled natively through whatever protocols exist, hopefully, you know, Plank is one of them. Um, maybe you push away a little bit from this. I don't know. Um, that would be mm -hmm. the hope. But ideally, uh, specific. Yeah, ideally. But I mean, who knows, right? Like, yeah. It's it's odd to expect that anything is that fundamental is going to change. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, right. Yeah. What I was going to say specifically, though, that I'll probably talk a little bit about at the um, crypto thing is, uh, you know what? No, I will. Do, this will be too much of a digression. How are we doing on time? We're good. We'll we, wrap we, up soon. Yeah, we can wrap it up soon if you yeah. want to drop your drop your knowledge. I don't know. Um, I was also going to ask us all if there's any projects that have caught our eye lately. That was gonna be my that was gonna be my my end mm -hmm, my end mm -hmm. game. Um, uh, and also, Matt, I did want to hear about how your experiment is going with the experimenting oh, on yourself yeah. before because we I wanted to come back to that. that oh yeah, yeah. Can't, can't leave okay. that thread hanging. Well, I'll do I'll do both then. Um, yeah, I've been doing the 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 oil thing. Um, it does not taste good. You're right. In fact, my stomach <laughs> does not like it. Oh no. Um, so that's the biggest like negative is is you get this like. Um, not it's like a tiny bit of nausea for that hour or so. <laughs> yeah. uh, it dissipates, of course. Um, I also found a lighter oil, which is also tasteless, and it's like a keto thing, MCT, tri like medium-chain cool. triglyceride thing, and I substituted that, and I don't know if that you know still abides by the study. Totally but, does. Um, totally legit. Okay, Walnut cool. oil is fine, too, et cetera. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I think my results are, again, anecdata, single data point, um, pretty split on some days i have this like mm. um feeling of like i could eat i could not eat and that's like um it's kind of like uh god i mean yeah it depends like i don't know if you've ever been on uncertain substances it's like that feeling of like yeah i, I, I mm. know i could eat right now but i also like if i got distracted i just wouldn't eat you know mm. and, and i feel like that's yeah. perhaps the the powerful effect there where it's like no longer does it require like conscious will to not eat. Um, yeah. But it also didn't solve my problem of like, I'm bored. Let me munch on something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so exactly. that's still something I'm, I'm like dealing with. So yeah, it, yeah. It, um, if, if I'm busy that day, it works really well. Mm -hmm. If I'm not busy, uh, no effect. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's great. That, what that feels like exactly it. That's awesome. Yeah. One of the other things I think that was a mistake is to launch pitch this thing as a diet because it just isn't mm -hmm. right. Like it's exactly right. what you said. If it works, if you are mm -hmm. sitting next to a computer with a bag of Cheetos every day, there's no right. reason to think you wouldn't you would lose weight on this, right? Because you can easily snack for reasons other than like hunger. Right. You just snack out yeah. of boredom because it tastes good. Mouthfeel. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the good things about this is that you don't lose the enjoyment of eating good food when you want to. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, in theory, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying like this thing works right, or whatever. Right. I, I tried theory, it myself. Yeah. It seemed to work for me, but like, I don't, I don't do it. Um, right. 
And I tried it just along with everybody else as part of the study. I'm not a data point just because that's not how you do research, but right, you know, right, right. I, I did do it just so I you can learn for it. yourself, but not as a as part of the yeah. group. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then yeah. project that I found really cool was um, you sent me this, Jonathan, the deaf beef. Um, artist. Oh my lord! Um, oh, really Lordy, great lord, lord. stuff. There's a whole rabbit mm. hole there. The thing that really um, tickled my fancy is that they they did this really cool. Like we've been talking about this for ages, but you have this aspect of digital objects, which is which is that they are outside of time. They are perfectly immutable. Um, yeah, yeah, and they they do not exist in our you know, our, our larger sense of time, they don't degrade, they don't change, they stay, you know, they're, they're, um, there's a word for that, but they're atemporal. Um, mm. and is there, the question has been, is like, is there a natural sense of digital patina, patina being like an art word for uh. this degradation over time that gives quality. So like maybe it's leather boots and you wear them and they become yours and that's patina. Is there a digital equivalent that's like, you know, not skeuomorphic? You don't want to like JPEGify your image over time. That's just kind of silly, unless it's, you know, part of the art. But, you know, uh, what does that mean? Default, that's kind of silly. Uh, skeuomorphic meaning like derived from a physical reality. Um, think mm. of like Apple implementing, um, you know, the, the page turn animation and the crumple sound when you throw something away. Because um, okay. it's like based cool. on this idea of like crumpling up a piece of paper and throwing it into the waste bin. Um, that's skeuomorphism. Whereas you'll see like the design today is shifted to this more like digitally native aspect where it's like, hey, people already know how to use these devices. We can now build off of that base information and say, hey, okay, um, we don't need a page turn animation. We can use Z indexes and shadows. We can use like all these other mechanics. We don't need script handwriting in the notes app anymore. We can just use a sans serif that's easier to read. Um, like that kind of thing. Mm. And so I think um, the same thing can, will, and should, and will happen in any, any medium shift is going to go through the stage of like, mm -hmm. hey, we have a new medium. Let's use the patterns from the old one while we're still figuring the shit out. And then we figure it out. And now you have this completely new mechanic that wouldn't have existed before. And so people kind of did that with um, digital art where it's like, okay, cool, this thing degrades over time. Um, but it's like this very skeuomorphic situation where it's like, okay, cool, maybe it's um, like literal seconds over time, mm -hmm. whatever. And so what's interesting to me about Deaf Beef's work is that one, they integrate this sense of time with some more natural aspect of a digitally owned asset, which is that like whenever it's traded, time progresses. Um, so they have this counter that happens when it changes hands. And then two, because it's an algorithmically generated work, the times that it has been traded can be an input to the algorithm. Mm -hmm. um, and that feels clean, feels good, right? And that's just kind of neat. And so it's this very natural sense of um, in, in, in their case, it's degradation. The, the algorithm changes mm. in a fuzzy way over time, but it gets could fuzzier, be anything else. Yeah, right. It could, could be, it could become more sharp. It because right. it could be iterations run in your, in your algorithm. Like it could be anything. Um, and I thought that was really well done. As a, as a, uh, we're going to, I, I've, I've decided that we're going to have deaf beef on the pod because oh, uh, I just really cool. want to talk to him about it, but, uh, and we'll, so we'll talk about this a lot more, but Matt, uh, as a coder, is it interest? It seems it struck me that he he's making it in C, um, yeah. Because everyone else mm. is working in JavaScript, 
um, which, mm -hmm. which 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 I don't know a lot about coding, but my sense is like it's like a uh, it's like a stack, and you start with like ones and zeros, and then you mm -hmm. go up one level, and then and JavaScript is like up here, and C mm -hmm. is quite mm -hmm. a bit lower on that mm -hmm. stack, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. No, that's that, right. Yeah. And, also, and, I don't know which Matt you're asking, but yeah, that's about right. I was asking you because um, you're the you're yeah. the you're the, um, <laughs> you're the good coder. Yeah, yeah, the right, experience. Right, right. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. And, and that in and of itself struck me as very interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's novel. It's new, and um, it it probably is like their expertise domain is right. writing things in C. Right. Um, I do think it's more interesting philosophically in a like less dependencies on the stack kind of that's, way that's that's what i was um, going to sort of get at yeah right. yeah it's like yeah. there's still a dependency you uh sure. you if you want to recreate the piece of art you have to run a c compiler right um but those things are you know mm -hmm. they're not going to disappear anytime soon same right. argument we made with um you know art blocks in p5.js is like right. you know the 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 um the translation mechanism from what's stored on chain to what you see is not going to disappear. Um, right. It's a dependency that you can rely on, but it is a dependency. And so that's why something like yeah. autoglyphs right. is really cool is because it is zero dependency. Right. The art is the, the output. Um, mm. and, and you could go even further and say like the art is the algorithm that produces the output. Mm -hmm. um, and it's mm. like, you don't, you don't depend on any visualization framework. You can visualize it like you realize Jonathan as music or as a piece mm -hmm. of art right. or as anything. As anything. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's I think that's cool. Um, I haven't dug into exactly what's happening beyond the like. We'll um, we'll have him on and we'll hear all about it. Yeah, I'm really excited fun. for that. Cool. Yeah, Matt yeah. S. Any projects that have caught your your eyeballs? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna curveball you guys here and say Ooh. you know because you're always interviewing people, you know you don't you don't get the chance to hype up your own stuff as much. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call attention to two of your projects in the sort of very limited way I understand them and then let you actually correct me as a way of hyping things if that's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> so I I love the the mini mats thing, which I know is not so uh, good. is not like brand new, but you know, the way you first talked about it, Matt, the idea that you were going to in some sense create an NFT around the what I would, you know, my nerdy academic way to think about it or whatever, the nodes or the uh, the edges between nodes, right? These sort of mm -hmm. social interactions. Mm -hmm. You, you said that, I think, before you came up with Minimats, and that was such a beautiful execution on that idea. I loved it, right? So this is the... I'll, I'll, I'll let you say more about it if you want, if you're, if you're yeah. willing to hype I mean, up. thanks. Yeah, it's... I mean, it, it, it kind of had to happen. Um, have there been any more... Have you... Ha, have you... How many so, at this point have you distributed? Do you know? Uh, well, the hype has... Has... Uh, has... Uh, what's it called? Gone, gotten Peaked. less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've given a, probably two away in the last week. Um, I feel like I feel like once once we open up again, like once things get more open up, yeah. I think yeah, you're going to totally. be finding that it's going to, yeah. Right. I mean, what happens is whenever like I meet someone, we, I don't get to the chip in my hand until a bit later, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> unless you know it's a it's a you know I don't know sure. we're talking about something related or it's like what do you do and I'm like I'm weird. Um, but uh yeah eventually i think i'll be meeting a lot more people and it's like it's a it's a conversation starter and especially if they're into nfts at all it's like a what kind of thing um yeah yeah i mean it's, i think it's a really so cool, cool project um i i like the idea of 
crystallizing those moments and those interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess to that effect, uh, Matt, you are now the second of the many Matts. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have got the uh, ring. an NFC ring, which oh. is uh, yeah. Cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, and wait, Matt, so also, I love it. Matt asks yeah. now, do you have stickers? I have a sticker from oh. um, from Seymour Butts. Yeah. yeah, the same artist. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, artist. my God. Yeah. The second really Matt has been that. onboarded. That's <laughs> yeah. so I gotta, great. I got to debug something on our, our dashboard real quick. But uh, oh. soon, soon afterwards, he will be ready to issue oh. uh, NFTs. Yeah. That's I'm so, so excited. Fun. That's so fun. It's God damn it. Yeah. I'm, I have yeah, plans it's... to see Matt Condon, and now uh-huh. now Ooh, we, hey. we need to somehow make you appear in, in or near right. Hart, Hartford, Connecticut at some point. Got to okay. collect them all. In, yeah. Oh, my God. I got to collect all the mats. <laughs> got to collect yeah. them all. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, we should make a mat deck. So. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. That's so good. Agreed. That'd be really cool. good. It's, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a super um, fun project. Um, I I really like it as a as a you know commentary and, and piece of art. Um, and yeah, and, and, John, and so Jonathan, I mean, I know that the the song of day sale obviously went uh, went swimmingly, and I was honored to nab one of those. My so you know, good my copying isn't theft, and the remix project was super cool. And I know um, what you just did a song on Butterscotch the Unicorn, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so cool. yeah yeah um simona suggested yesterday i was asking for suggestions and she pointed to the united states consumer product safety commission has a twitter account that is just like all memes it's like it's like a meme heaven what? on on the united states uh product safety commission's twitter it is like meme everything and so they had tweeted a couple days ago, they had tweeted just the, their first tweet was, you are now stuck in an NFT, was was one tweet. And then the next tweet was this, this, this nascent mascot that they have called Butterscotch the Unicorn, who's like a really poorly photoshopped, like, glowing um, unicorn. There was like this weird little dialogue <laughs> in this image of like, like, Butterscotch, you're trapped in an NFT. And then Butterscotch is like, what? How did I get here? And they're like, don't worry, we're going to get you out. You've got to come back and help us keep the world, you know, keep the country safe from dangerous products. And Butterscotch mm-hmm. is like, and they're, and, and so, you know, uh, Simona sent this to me. It's like, what is, ha- who runs this account of the United <laughs> States? You know, this is like a serious commission whose job is to, like, you know, um, work with recalls and make sure that right. people don't, and, so it's like this has to be a song. Like this is this is like this is this is too good. This is too good. And, and so yeah, and so I made it into a song all about. I love to, it. Trying to free but- wild. butterscotch from from the NFT that she's trapped in. Incredible. So um, good. Yeah, I, I love could it. not have predicted it's... this world. Uh, no, no. Who, <laughs> who who could have seen it coming? Right. Um, uh, I. I actually, and I haven't bought one. I'm not sure I'm going to, but I found a punks project that I like. What? Yep. I found a a punk knockoff project that I like. And what it, on earth? It is. It's, Jonathan, <laughs> blink twice. Blink twice if if the punks are holding you hostage. It is called. It's called MIDI punks. And oh, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> what they've done is they've 
taken, you know, a, a punk is just a 25 by 25 pixel thing. So they've taken the punk itself and put MIDI, you know, put MIDI notes on it. And each punk plays like a little, like just a little tune as the, as, as the MIDI notes are played. Uh, and it's just great. Mm. Like, like, I, I, you know, it, I, this is the thing. It's like, it's like what we're talking about. The things that move you or the things that get you, they just get you. And, and I was like, I look yep. at them, I'm like, I'm like, shit, that is such a good idea. And it got me and it's wonderful. So MIDI punks, I think they're already getting too expensive, but I, you know, I'm probably not going to buy one. I was thinking about writing to them and be like, maybe we'll do a collab or something, but like, I love them. They're just great. So Yeah. A, a, a punk, a punk knockoff that I actually enjoy. Who, who Incredible. could have predicted? Yeah, yeah. What a world! Wow, that's really exciting. Matt Stevenson, yeah, you check that out. I am going to see if we can track down this goddamn billboard. Yeah, lucky Dan. Yeah, and send it to you. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this yeah, was a really you. fun Absolutely. conversation. Um, we will see you. Uh, yeah, people will already. This will be too late, but we'll see you next week at the uh, OG yep. NFT event. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you can find Matt Stevenson on Twitter. What's your handle? Stevenson Matt. H Matt. Stevenson H Matt on Twitter. I am Song a Day Man on Twitter. I'm Matt G Condon, and that's Matt G Condon. Leave us a review. Send us some questions. We haven't gotten any questions yet. I'm a little sad. Yeah. Send us a question. Yep, same. Uh, to ask because we'd love to answer yeah. your we'll, questions. We'll talk about it. Talk we'll about play things. your voice and we'll right talk here. about it. Right here. Right on the podcast. Right here. Right now. Well, not now, but later. <laughs> and Matt, uh, is there anything else? You is there something you want to say to the people? Uh, well, I will say I will say to to you, Matt, and to all other Matts and everyone else listening. Um, remember to get nifty. Get nifty. <laughs> oh, yeah.